0: Hi, this is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, look at what Atlanta and its nonprofit partners are doing to protect the city's homeless population from the coronavirus.
1: The big thing is they're going to really try to be testing people, and they're looking to set up testing sites specifically for people who are
0: homeless. WABE housing reporter Stephanie Stokes joins me to discuss why people without stable housing are particularly hard to help during a pandemic, even though they're likely to be hard hit. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free, Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at Amerisbank.com freechecking free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Amerisbank, Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.
1: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more
0: at georgiahealthinitiative.org. The coronavirus pandemic presents a unique threat to people who don't have a home. If you're living on the street, say, you might not have good access to basics like soap and water. You are able to get into a shelter. You might be exposed to lots of other people in close quarters. That could present a good opportunity for a disease like COVID nineteen to spread. Then there's trust. How do you get someone to take public health advice when they feel left behind by the system? Stephanie Stokes covers housing issues for W A B E, and she joins me now to sort through some of this. Hi, Stephanie.
1: Hi, Sam. Hello from my closet.
0: Yeah, hello, hello from my closet as well. Uh, So. Let's start with the news today. Um, The city of Atlanta says it's going to be setting up testing sites and isolation sites specifically for people who are homeless. This is, again, to address the spread of coronavirus in the community. What else do we know here?
1: This is a plan that um, was developed by not just the city, but nonprofit providers around the city. Um, I've talked to Tom Andrews, who is the CEO of the St. Joseph's Health System, which includes Mercy Care in Atlanta. The big thing is they're going to really try to be testing people, and they're looking to set up testing sites specifically for people who are homeless, We're talking about people who are living in encampments, people who are living outside because people who are in shelters um, are already being screened for symptoms. And outreach teams first are going to be doing education, letting people know what the coronavirus is and what the symptoms are. And then eventually they're going to start screening people. If their symptoms match, then um, the city's come up with a plan to get those people to testing sites and then to isolate them while those tests take place. Because if you think about it, For people who have a home, if you're being tested, you can go back potentially and quarantine yourself while that test is happening. But if you're someone who is homeless, you don't have anywhere to go during that period. So they're looking for places where they can um, have people stay while those tests are processing.
0: And that, I think, highlights one of the particular challenges that communities are going to face when it comes to addressing COVID-19 among their homeless populations. How else is this population hard to to reach, hard to care for in a situation like this?
1: So, I mean, first in shelters, we're talking about spaces that weren't really set up for social distancing. We have people who are sleeping right next to each other. And then if you're on the street, there are other issues. You might not have access to soap and water you might be dealing with chronic health issues that make you more at risk for really being hurt by this virus. And then also another thing is just um, if you're living outside, especially you might not have very good information about what's happening. You know, I think a lot of us can feel like we're being bombarded with news right now about the coronavirus. But what I'm hearing from outreach teams is that um, as they go out and talk to people who have been living on the street for some time, that They might not even know anything about the coronavirus.
0: Talk to me more about what service providers are are doing to kind of address some of these gaps that they're seeing. Are are they still going out and working with people, even though, you know, maybe the the guidance is uh, to keep your distance from 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 people? How is that affecting their work?
1: The short answer is homeless service providers are still working. They can't do their jobs remotely. And if they just shut down, then we're talking about people not getting services that they really can't get anywhere else. And so I know that, for example, soup kitchens, they're still serving people. What they've done is they've, um, they're have they not accepting people indoors anymore, at least I know in some places. And so outreach teams, their job is to go out to where people are. And I know that they're trying to take the same precautions that you'd see outside of a medical clinic where people are screening symptoms.
0: Now, what about medical supply shortages Is that something that you're hearing service providers are dealing with?
1: I mean, that's a problem for everybody right now. It's a really big problem for providers, for those who are homeless. So hand sanitizer has been really hard to come across. There was um, a distillery actually in the old Fourth Ward, you know, that makes vodka and other spirits, and they started to produce hand sanitizer there just so that just so homeless service providers would have something to give out to people who are living on the street and don't have soap or water otherwise, which I think is really important to remember as people, you know, buy a lot of hand sanitizer, that, you know, you probably have access to a sink and soap somewhere, um, and you might want to think about the people who actually don't have that at all. And, um, yeah, the, the challenge uh, always is building trust, I think, with these With uh, folks, especially who are living on the streets and who have had a lot of things to worry about for a long time and haven't really been treated very well by the system, they're less likely to be trusting, you know, information from public health providers. And it's it's but they're especially at risk to this virus. So I think that's that's a big um, a big
0: task that these providers have. Stephanie, thanks so much. Thank you, Sam. in did you wash your hands a production of 90.1 wabe atlanta where atl meets npr you can send us questions comments or news tips at wash at wabe.org you can find our episodes in your favorite podcast app and you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org coronavirus if you haven't already now might be a good time to go wash your hands I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WABE yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing.